First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 659 of First Class Fatherhood, a family-made media podcast. And today is Veterans Day, and a happy Veterans Day to all of you moms and dads and listeners out there who have served our great nation. We would not stand a chance in this world without you. Thank you for your service. And I have got a very special guest to bring you guys today. U.S. Army veteran Travis Mills will be joining me here on the podcast Travis Mills was on his third deployment in Afghanistan uh, when he was hit by an IED, which ended up costing him both of his arms and both of his legs. He is one of only five quadruple amputees from the Iraq-Afghanistan wars. Travis has turned his pain into purpose. He has motivated so many people around the country and around the world with his story. He's a motivational speaker. He's got a New York Times bestselling book about his story, Tough As They Come. There's also a documentary about his life called Travis, A Soldier's Story. Travis Mills started the Travis Mills Foundation, which supports recalibrated veterans, as he calls them. He doesn't care for the term wounded warrior. He prefers recalibrated veteran. I highly encourage everybody to go check out TravisMillsFoundation.org and see how you can get involved and help out. God bless all of our military veterans out there. Travis Mills is going to be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Travis Mills was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. If so you'd like to watch today's conversation between the American hero and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And all you guys that are longtime listeners of the podcast here know just how much I love and respect all of our military veteran dads. I've had so many of them on the podcast here. I've been very blessed and just humbled to have so many of them come on and share their story. I've had dads from many different conflicts. I've had Vietnam War dads on the podcast here, including Medal of Honor recipients Michael Thornton and Bob Kerry. I've had dads from the Battle of Mogadishu on the podcast here, including Night Stalker pilot Mike Durant and Army Ranger Matt Eversman. Dads from Desert Storm, including Craig Sawyer, and obviously many, many dads who served in the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, including Jocko Willink, Marcus Luttrell, Tim Kennedy, Dakota Meyer, Ed Byers, and many, many other dads who have served in all branches of the military. I highly encourage you guys to go through the archives of the show and check out all the military dads that I've been blessed to have join me right here on the podcast. All right, and one guy I know that loves veterans just as much as I do is Mike Lindell, and I'm happy to have my partnership back on with my pillow. And as we turn towards the holiday season here, if you want to get your holiday shopping done, there is a plethora of products to choose from over at MyPillow.com. And if you put in the promo code FATHERHOOD, you're going to save up to 66% on your order. And I got to be honest, they have a coffee over there now. And if you try the MyPillow coffee, you may be a little bit surprised. It's pretty good. I tried it out. I like it. Right now, you can get it 50% off. And if you sign up for their uh, subscription to the coffee, you get a free Go Anywhere pillow. All of that is good with the promo code FATHERHOOD. They have got these children's Bible story pillowcases and throw blankets. Definitely uh, going to make a great Christmas gift. 50% off of those. They got pet beds for your dogs or cats. They got sandals, slippers, bathrobes. You know I love the mattress topper. And of course, the MyPillow itself is the lowest price it's ever been. Mike is overstocked on prices over there. Take advantage of it. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout. Save up to 66% on your entire order. 
Make sure you lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, to find out all the upcoming guest announcements. If you have an opportunity, please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Every day is Father's Day on the podcast, and today is Veterans Day. And here comes my interview straight up with Travis Mills on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Travis Mills. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Hope you're doing well, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Well, it's an honor to have you here. Let's start it like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have two. I have an 11-year-old little girl, and I have a 5-year-old little boy. Very cool. You all done? You going for more? That's not up to me. That's up to the missus. Um, I think we're done, but at the same time, I don't know. She made a couple couple comments uh, yesterday, actually, that made me go, oh, maybe we're maybe we're not done. But hey, not up to me, like I said, and uh, I look forward to any and all opportunities. <laughs> all right. To be continued. If, if you could, Travis, please take a second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Absolutely. So um, I was a 82nd Airborne Infantryman um, with the uh, deployment to Afghanistan. Uh, the first one, I met my wife. The second one, I, you know, had been gone for a year, came back, and we had our first child, my daughter, um, in between my second, third deployment and my third deployment in Afghanistan. I sent my backpack down in a bomb, and the bomb went off, and it took both arms and both legs uh, as a result of hitting the IED. So now I, I am now one of five surviving quadruple amputees. So I have prosthetics um, now. And my daughter was six months old at the time when I got injured. And, you know, when I got to see them a week after my injury, I told my wife she should leave me. I didn't think I had anything left to give. Um, and that's not the life I choose for her. And my wife said she's going to stay. And my daughter was probably my biggest reason um, for fighting back and, and being the person I am today. Um, you know, so that's, you know, that was back in 2012. And we're 10 years past the injury and, you know, fortunate to keep going. Yeah, obviously, your story is incredibly inspiring. And thank you for your service. Uh, I know that now you, you, you inspire so many people around the world with your story. And so I know you said you were in between deployments there. So take me back then when you first became a father. How did that experience kind of shift your perspective on life? Oh, I mean, you know, I uh, Chloe was never. um uh planned at first i will say like it was an exciting um blessing and when she was born i mean it was just you know i'm the first one up changing diapers i'm the last one up you know making sure she gets to go to sleep and and and, you know and be comfortable and uh you know she's everything and then i tell people with all the work that i do i have the travis mills foundation which grown to be one of the top veteran service organizations in the nation um i'm a pretty well-known speaker on the corporate circuit and I have a few other businesses, but you can really chalk it up to one one individual uh, of my success, and that would be Chloe. Um, we took an idea for a foundation to bring out combat and service-connected injured veterans um, and show them how to do things exactly as a whole family unit. And I was at my first ever gala last year, and I choked up and broke down, and Chloe was in the crowd. And I said, you know, I'll tell you what, there's one – if you want to, you know, dedicate this whole building or this whole facility or all the things that we do here and be able to accomplish to one person, it's Chloe. And um, – you know, that's, that's when it all changed, right? I would do anything for anybody, but you know, I go the extra mile for my children and, uh, I, my, my daughter and me are best friends, which I, which I love my son. It's hereditary. He's a mama's boy, but as much as I get like, Oh, stop that. I get it. Cause so am I. <laughs> yeah. I got my girl on the fourth try. We have three boys. Then we got our girl. So 
I, I, I can't imagine. She, uh, she's definitely, um, you know, she's definitely runs the show over here. I could say it like that. But obviously, I would imagine, what were some of the biggest challenges for you? Obviously, being a dad in the beginning of this, uh, you know, being an amputee has to be uh, very, very difficult to do just anything, but let alone be a dad and get involved. What was the transition then to having your second kid? How much more adaptive were you able to do all the things like changing the diapers, feeding the kids? What was that challenge like for you in the beginning? And then how did it evolve with the second kid? Well, for Chloe, she was six months old and I got injured. So I left when she was four months old, came back when she was six months old. and you know, I was able to learn how to walk with my daughter. I would work out and do push-ups with her on my chest, uh, or not push-ups, but do sit-ups with her on my chest. Um, she was there every day. You know, 19 months that we were at Walter Reed, she was there with me. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I don't change I don't change diapers. So, like, having a kid's not, like, that bad of a deal for me. You know what I mean? I don't got to change diapers. Um, but... I found ways to, to, you know, feed her and ways to, you know, to adapt and, and do things to where we live in a world that's so incredible that my wife is going on a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal this weekend. And it just so happens that I'm going to be by myself with my kids, just hanging out, having fun. So, you know, the modern day technology and advancements that they have for prosthetics really, really benefit me. I take my daughter and son to school you know, independently by myself, I take them out to lunches and dinners and into their gymnastics and karate and whatever they got going on. So I, I guess the evolution was really more about my recovery of getting better. And then now I don't let my handicap or my disability, um, you know, hinder their life or make them feel like they got cheated or they are missing out on something. You know, I'm right there with all the other moms and dads at the sporting events. I'm right there at the, you know, meetings and the PTA stuff. And, you know, if anything, my kids are, more annoyed by me now because if they have a bad day or have something that bothers them um that they said they can't do i'm like oh excuse me what was that i'm like oh my gosh dad i get it never give up never quit your slogan i'm so tired of it you know yeah obviously it's one of those things too for so many people that complain about every ordinary uh, day things not realizing and cherishing what it is that we have and i think especially in this society now where social media we see it seems like everybody else is doing so much better than we are and we start to forget that the things that we have we, we easily overlook them we're not grateful for them until we come across now somebody in your situation now that you're in is there people that you look to and say wow what am i complaining about look at what this guy's going through do you kind of have that for yourself that keeps you motivated and moving you know, I uh, I can't say I do. I can't say I do that. I don't like to measure. Um, a lot of people will say, like, oh, geez, I have problems, but they, they're not as bad as yours. And look at me, you know, because I'm missing both arms and legs. And I tell them it's not fair, you know, because everyone's biggest problem is their biggest problem. Whatever their problem is, that's their biggest problem they're facing. So I'm not going to minimize or downplay what they're going through. But at the same time, I think what's helped me out the most is realizing, like, this is my life. This is me. It's not, oh, I don't have my arms and legs anymore. It's like, okay, well, that happened. And now I live life to the fullest every day that I can while I have the the blessing or the uh, the ability to still to be alive well, a lot of my guys didn't make it back home so people that i talk to sometimes think it's kind of odd when i tell them like no my injuries are just who i am um you know i'm a recalibrated guy recalibrated warrior if anything and i have a few extra steps in the morning my caps and my legs go on then my pants my arm then my shirt and i go about my day and i think that mindset's really helped me because instead of dwelling on what happened or looking at it like oh geez uh, look what happened I look at it as this is just me. This is how I'm built. This is how I am. And, you know, people wonder, like, what's a bad day like for you? And I'm like, I'd probably drop my phone and break my screen. But then I just order a new one. They're like, yeah, but like when you have a real bad day, I'm like, I don't necessarily have a bad day. Like, I don't sit there and dwell on 
you know, the fact I got blown up or the fact I have no arms and legs. I sit there and do the best I can. Like I just made a sandwich. You know, my wife's out to lunch with her mom and dad and, and my son. And I just made my own sandwich. You know what I mean? And I ate it and it was delicious. Pepper jack cheese and turkey. How do you go wrong? Delish. And let me ask you this, Travis, too, because uh, like, I, like I mentioned, my daughter's my youngest and my discipline skills with her uh, need to be improved. There's no doubt about it. My wife will get on me with that. I definitely discipline her differently than I do with my boys. What is it like for you having your daughter, your best friend? How are you as a disciplinarian, as a father? And is it different than the discipline style you grew up with? Well, it's actually it's not fair. It's not fair at all for how great Chloe is um, as a kid. Um, she gets a little sassy every now and then and we have a little conversation um, her and her mom, obviously, they're more combative with, with things like that than I am. But, uh, but on, Chloe gets it. Uh, now, with my son, he likes to fight. Like, every time he runs up, he just likes to punch me in the stomach. Like, that's his thing. Like, hey, Dad, wham. And I'm like, oh, he goes, that didn't hurt. You're so tough. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you know I, I grew up in a house where, you know, you, you had discipline and, and um, you understood what was right and what was wrong. And, and I kind of, you know, we, we've transferred that to, to our children, Kelsey and I. And, you know, for the most part, we have really respectful, awesome kids. We just had Chloe's parent-teacher conference, um, you know, for her sixth grade. And the teacher's like, she's great. She's social, but she's understands when she has to be, you know, quiet. She gets her work done on time. Seems like she gets it. And, you know, I am worried about when Dax has to go to school, my son, because he's more like me, I think. <laughs> Well, I want to ask you too, Travis, because one of the things that really drives me nuts is right now, it seems like in this country, this being paid, uh, I'm going to put this out here on Veterans Day. So this being Veterans Day, uh, patriotism is something that seems to be looked down upon now in our country. It doesn't seem to be that thing. Like it, it, I remember, obviously, the days after 9-11, that that spirit of patriotism was alive in everybody, no matter what side of the aisle you were on, no matter where you came from, everybody had that patriotic um, love of the country in them. And that seems to have dwelt now. We seem to, It seems to be looked down upon. And one of the major reasons why I bring so many veterans on is because I am so grateful. My family is so grateful for the service and sacrifice from so many men and women. And I know we wouldn't stand a chance in the world without these guys. Uh, so how do you kind of uh, talk to your kids about patriotism? How do you talk to them about the country, what America means? Well, I mean, we're fortunate. We live in a small town where, uh, you know, patriotism is, is still something, you know, every street pole has an American flag on it. And they talk about the history of what the world's been or what, you know, the U.S. has been through. So, you know, it's a simpler conversation. I mean, people ask if I'd ever have my kids join the military if they wanted to. I've had let them. I said, yeah, absolutely. There's 264 different jobs you can do. You don't got to be on the front line, you know, shooting like I was. I wanted that job. I reenlisted for that job. But as far as like, I teach my kids about, you know, the American flag and, and what it stands for and what it means, of course we do that. And, you know, my son loves to have shirts that have American flags on them. Chloe, you know, um, respects the country and understands, you know, the world that we live in. And I, I think luckily the NFL, with them taking the knee, they took such a big hit that they realized, like, this might not be the message they want to go for. And now we're seeing a shift in politics because it seems like one party is trying to you know, just, you know, disingenuinely, I don't know. It just seems like we're shifting now to going back towards being more patriotic. I'm not trying to talk politics. I apologize. I didn't mean to get into that. Yeah, no, that's all right. I mean, it seems to come, unfortunately, it, like when you talk about patriotism or the American flag or the history, all of a sudden it becomes a political idea. Like as if you yeah. love the country, you're on one side. If you don't, you're on the other, which to me is so mind boggling because it never used to seem to be that way growing up. It seemed like both sides both loved and wanted what was best for the country. And being patriotic was just something that naturally came with that. 
Yeah, and that's a that's a big problem for me is that we've gotten away from being patriotic on both sides or or being you can be proud to be an American. I mean, why why is that a bad thing? You know, how is that something that's frowned upon? Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance was taken out of schools. Like, how, why why was that? Like, it's it's not anything. It's it's look where you live at. Look at the opportunities that you have. And uh, you know, I recommend anybody if they really want to you know if they really want to see what the world's actually like outside of these uh, these wonderful um borders that we have like go go out there go go to go to mexico even but get off the resort and go into mexico and tell me tell me how bad you have it um but you know that's everybody's right i guess i i i, I did fight for that right people to be able to say what they want to say and actually want to act but doesn't mean i have to agree with it either and i think that's that's where i have my issue and that's where i'm trying to teach my kids like people can have their own opinions but just because they have an opinion doesn't mean you have to agree with it and you don't have to be silent on your opinion if you disagree, um, you know, with what they're trying to, to tell you to do or say or how to act. So, you know, I'm mindful of it. I don't want to offend nobody. I don't need to get in any more fist fights. Uh, um, you know, but but the thing is, we teach our kids one thing. And if uh, somebody teaches their kids something different, I hope they can just get along and not not worry about that small stuff. You know, I mean, how many families, you know, are not gathering anymore because of the divide of politics, which is so dumb. Um, and I'm hoping that after going through COVID and not being able to see all your family members and be with your friends and everybody the way that you used to, maybe, maybe people will just, you know, calm it down a bit and get back to just, uh, you know, having fun. We have more in common than we, than we, uh, you know, than we think, and we, we agree on more than we disagree on. I mean, I started a clothing line. Um, matter of fact, we're going pretty heavy, you know, today, um, with it coming out called rebel for good. It's all about just be a good person, you know, go against the grain, be a rebel, but be a rebel for good and do good in the world. And, you know, we, uh, I, I feel pretty passionate about it. And I love my daughter so much. She's going to eventually come out with Rebel for Good Kids <laughs> um, and have her own clothing line uh, probably in six months. Man, really great stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just nice to be nice. You know what I mean? It, 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 kindness yeah. is free, you know? So, I mean, I don't understand it either. And I know that social media, as I mentioned, plays a big part in this because it seems like people are free to kind of say whatever they want on there. And they're really negative towards everybody on there where it can be used for so much good and to get across such a great message. Uh, but the clickbait world that it's become, and I know that just for myself doing this podcast, I'm on the phone more, I'm using social media more and my kids see me do that and they emulate that. And I'm trying to get a hold of it, especially I have two teenagers. What is it like for you right now with the, with the technology? How are you kind of handling that with your kids? Well, I mean, like I said, I'm fortunate. We're pretty blessed with a pretty awesome kid, um, you know, with, with our oldest, with Chloe. I mean, both kids are awesome. I'm wrong. But she has a phone, but she she's on Messenger Kids when she talks to her friends. Like, I don't think she's really figured out or the other kids haven't figured out, like, they can actually text back and forth. And then we'll have to worry about stuff. But right now they're all Messenger Kids and they love we read everything. Um, so we're still in control of that. But I instill confidence in, in Chloe and in Dax. And I want them to be the one that orders their food at a restaurant, makes eye contact, understands you stand up, shake a hand and say hi. And, and also, you know, I don't teach my kids to be mean, but I, they, I do teach them to stand up for themselves. Like they don't like something that's going on, say it, you know, and, and not necessarily be a tattletale, but say it, stand up for yourself. Um, you know, and I think, I think so much is lost on that. It's like, you just, people just try to ignore the situation or avoid the conflict or the, or the confrontation when sometimes the confrontation has to be had. And, and I'm a, and, and I'm one of the worst I know about it. There's a hard conversation. It's one of the hardest things for me to do in the civilian world. In the Army, super, you know, super easy. But, you know, I, um, I'm fortunate to own um, or be a part owner in, in about 
you know, four or five different companies. And sometimes a hard conversation has to be had regardless of if you want to have it or not. And I'm trying to teach my kids that same thing. So, you know, if they get bullied or someone says something bad about their shirt or something like that, I said, don't let anybody tear you down because they want to, they want to make you feel bad about yourself. And, um, you know, I'm, I think that's one of the most important life lessons I can teach my kids. Yeah. It's so important too, Travis, because uh, like I mentioned, the, the peer pressure, I think, or that, that, Kids seem to be feeling less self-esteem nowadays. I know that the youth suicide has risen every year consecutively since 2007, uh, which just by coincidence is the first year the smartphone came out. And it's been every single year that the youth suicide goes up. And I, it never used to be a thing growing up that we would hear of that happened so common. And just in my son's high school this year, one of his classmates uh, killed themselves. And it's like it, that was the kind of thing growing up was like almost almost completely unheard of. And now it seems to be happening more and more. And I think a, a lot of it has to do with what we're doing with this technology um, and stuff like that. But uh, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned earlier that you were um, one of five uh, quadruple amputees uh, from from Afghanistan. Do, do you do you stay in touch with all of them? Do you know any of the other ones? So I, I met all of them. Right. Uh, and a few like, um, you know, two of them keep to themselves and we went recover together. So to say we're friends would be a lie. Say we're acquaintances. Absolutely. They're nice guys. Nothing wrong, you know, with either them or myself. We just don't stay in touch. Um, you know, another guy, Todd, I'm, I'm more friendly with. He's the second ever quadruple amputee. But the fifth one, um, Taylor Morris, we're close friends. Um, he recovered. He was a month after I was injured. And I think that's what it came down to. It didn't come down to injury-based um, friendship. It was more about who was injured at the time that you really became friends with. So Kelsey and I, um, we have, you know, a group of five other families that recovered together. You know, a single-leg amputee, two double-leg amputees. I'm sorry, three double-leg amputees, um, another quadruple amputee. Um, and I'm trying to think if that does the math right, but anyway, we, yeah, we're the fifth family, so that makes sense, but we all, you know, we all talk, we all hang out, they all have, they got, you know, they're either married or got married, they all have kids or had kids since, and we're all very close and connected, so, um, the fifth one, Taylor Morris, is a, he's from Iowa, he's a good friend of mine. Very cool. And I know that you did, I had seen it was announced in 2017. They still have it up there. Tough as they come. Sly Stallone. Sylvester Stallone was supposed to be involved in this project movie about your life. Is that still in the works? Uh, is uh, that something that's coming up? It's bits and pieces here and there. It got put on the back burner because of some social media stuff um, that went out with Sylvester Stallone. And then Fox 21st Century sold out. So it's still getting bounced around. We will see. Um, Magnolia Network today has a documentary coming out called Hi, I'm Travis. So on the Magnolia Network, it comes out tonight and everybody can check that out. It's an hour long doc. It's really good. I, I really like it, how it came out. And, um, and we'll see about the big picture stuff, you know, the big motion picture stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, I tell people, I'm fortunate to still be alive. Um, I'm lucky to still be here. I'll teach my kids everything I can to make them successful and respectful, you know, human beings. And, um, you know, if, if, uh, I don't want them to fight anybody, but at the same time, like I need to make sure that they have, they have a backbone and they understand what's right and wrong and, and how you go about handling problems. Yeah. Well said. Who, who was set to play you in the movie? So Sylvester Stallone or who, who would uh, you, who would you want to play? Like, who do you see playing you in a movie? Well, I'm not sure if you're an actor, but you look the part, you look good. Um, so if it can't be you then. I don't know. Back in the day when they were doing this at 17, it was going to be either uh, Adam Driver was signed on to do it, former Marine guy, Kylo Ren. Um, he signed on to do it. Everybody said Chris Pratt might be a good be a good second. I thought Zac Efron, they could superimpose him like they did Bradley Cooper because Zac Efron I find to be hilarious um, in anything he does. But at, at the end of the day, like I, it, it's 
hey, if they do it, great. If they don't, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. And, um, you know, I, I just I'm fortunate to uh, to have the opportunity to meet with all these people and hang out with Sly and and, um, you know, see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope to see that happen. And uh, get me before I lose the rest of my hair so I can jump in there on the roll if we're going to get moving on this. Uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned earlier too, like you told your wife in the beginning when this first happened, you know, you should move on, you should leave me and all that. What, what has that relationship been like, Travis? What has it been like with your, your relationship, like with your wife growing from the incident to where it is today? What has that relationship been like? I mean, you know, let's, uh, let's not sugarcoat it. She's, she's hands down just, uh, the best. I mean, the fact that she stayed with a guy with no arms, no legs, um, who was giving a clear out, I was giving a very clear out, like it's okay. Uh, financially fund, whatever you need. Um, you know, to going through the hardships of doing everything on her own now. Like I, I can do a lot of stuff. And even now I, you know, I work a lot and, and I go hard, but you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of the, the little things I used to do. Um, I mean, I do quite a bit actually. I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't want to build myself on a pedestal because she's not in the room to defend this. Um, but, uh, but you know, like every marriage it's work, every marriage has their ups and downs and they're good and they're bad. And, um, you know, it's been 14 years of marriage and 10 of it's been with me being injured, which is wild. You know, when I met her, I was six foot three, 275 pounds, uh, lifted weights all the time, very athletic guy and was a leader of soldiers and went from that guy to getting my arms and legs cut off. So, you know, to say same thing, you know, else, except for she's, she's absolutely amazing would be you know, would, would, would be a lie or would not be telling enough of the story. And then, you know, at first she stayed for obligation. Now uh, my social media following is pretty big. So I'm like, if you leave, I'll ruin you. So it's, you know, black man, <laughs> but, uh, but we have fun, you know, we have fun. We attack life without it, you know, um, getting us down because we don't, we don't look at my injuries and see me as any different. And, um, you know, when school pickup comes, I go get the kids when, you know, I, I do all the things I'm supposed to do as a father, regardless of if I have prosthetics or regular arms and legs. Yeah, well, it, it's it's a beautiful story, Travis. And I know I mentioned here Veterans Day. I got a lot of a lot of dad, military dads listening on the podcast here. What what is your? And I know I mentioned earlier youth suicide, but uh, we hear about the veterans suicide with 22 a day, 25 a day, whatever it may be, whatever it is. It's a horrific number that we hear of. What's your message to the veteran dads that are out there uh, listening in on the podcast for this day? Well, I mean, if they're if they're combat veterans, um, you know, that need help, we have a program called Warrior Path Program at the Travis Mills Foundation. It's one of the top in the nation. It's free for anybody that signs up and voluntarily does that. And we'd love to have you and help you through your your situation. And we understand like post traumatic stress um, is a real thing. But we also call it post traumatic growth because you can grow from it, even though you have post traumatic stress. As well as um, we're still going to struggle, right? Everybody's going to struggle with something, um, regardless of you know, military or civilian. Um, so we teach how to struggle well at this course. Um, so if anybody wants to know about that, just visit travismillsfoundation.org um, and click Warrior Path Program. But but honestly, you know, if people just would, um, you know, uh, uh, come together and talk about their their feelings and stuff like that, like I'm not I'm not the best person to to, you know, say this after how I treated mental health. I didn't treat mental health with anything except for my name, rank, and my social security number three times. And I told him, that's what you tell the enemy. So take it and leave or leave. And I never talked to anybody about what was going on, you know, with me internally. So um, looking back, I know that wasn't the, probably the right way to attack it. And I think if you um, if you do need help, you have to be strong enough to admit you need help and go find that help because it is a real thing. And if, if um, 
instead of suffering in silence, you might as well go out there and, you know, see all the people willing to help you and wanting to get you back on track. So that's kind of, that's kind of my take. You know, I, I, um, I, I hate that we, um, we live in a place where people are too afraid to talk about their feelings and talk about what's going on with them to get help. But hopefully we can change that narrative, uh, you know, one day at a time and get everybody to, to open up and, and express what they're going through so that we can, we can help, you know, help them get through it. Awesome stuff. Yeah, I'm going to drop the link to your foundation in the description of this podcast episode. So anybody, uh, veteran dad, a family member of a veteran, uh, hit the link, check it out. And last thing I want to hit you with here, Travis, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? You know, I had my friend uh, over earlier and he's about to be a dad for the first time. And I said, let me give you the advice I give all the other people that I, that are in your situation. And, uh, I said, nobody's got it figured out. No book's going to be 100% right, no matter how many you read. And whatever you do is going to be fine. People have been doing this for thousands, or, you know, for thousands of years. And honestly, like, whatever you do is going to be great. So don't worry about it. It's okay to feel like you're overwhelmed. It's okay to set down your newborn for uh, five, 10 minutes and walk away and regroup. But just know that there's nothing that you're, that, that you know, that, that should overwhelm you and people have been through this before so i don't try to say the whole and i'll tell you where that this comes from i i, I hate it when people are like oh you just wait well yeah what else do i got to do like what else do i have to do you know what i mean like you think i can speed time up and you know then people are like well experts say this i'm like let me tell you something about the expert that sleeps in in the same bed as me which is my wife um she said the book said not to do this with the baby in the middle and the little sleeping in the middle thing but with the right pillow walls and the little crib thing that you buy at bed bath and beyond that that little that little baby slept just fine all night and so did I and that's all I cared about you know like everybody's sleeping everybody's happy so you know as you go through you figure it out and when you figure it out you uh you know you, you just you got to learn by experience yeah, very well said I love the message it's been an honor for me I got to say Travis Mills you're a first class father all the way and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on first class fatherhood hey absolutely I appreciate you having me hope everybody has a great Veterans Day thanks for the support You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family-made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.